0: You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay smith The fellow that I got prepared for you on this episode of the podcast series, it's Frederick Ackerson. He He's, of course, the guitarist in Swedish, heavy metal giants, Opeth. And I say heavy metal because that's what I believe they are, and I think they're the most important heavy metal band in 2019. Them and Tool, anyway. They're both heavy metal as far as I'm concerned. They've just released a spectacular album. I've only had to listen to it a couple of times, but it's enough for me to know that this is the album that should propel them into the stratosphere. It's called In Cauda Venenum. There's two versions. There's an English version and there is a Swedish version. If I was more organised, I could tell you when it's coming out, but it will be in the next month or two, given today's date is the 15th of August. So let's have a listen to what Frederick has to say. Here we go. McKay Smith calling. How are you?
1: Hold on. just going to get my earpiece to work. No worries. Now, uh, now i here. <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, that's all right. No How's worries. Going? Yeah, good, mate. Good to chat again. We uh, we had a conversation after the live album was released. I think it was about 12 months ago.
1: Yeah, I, I recognize your picture popping up on yeah, Skype. Sweet.
0: Yeah, I've enjoyed that album a lot. I thought it was a
1: familiar face.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I've got to hand it to you, mate. So um, I'm glad to hear you're still playing guitar in the background too because that was one of the features. You're one of the only people that's done that, and I've done over 450 interviews at this point, and I think it's fantastic, by the way, so keep keep playing. (laughs) Keep on doing it. Okay. Uh, But uh, I've got to share this with you. I've just sent out a tweet because I've just been listening to the album. And this is what I said. Okay, so uh, I hope I get the pronunciation right, given it's Latin. So, Incada uh,
1: Venenum, is that correct? Is that Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I'm, I don't really know, actually. <laughs> it's Latin. Incada Venenum. Yeah. yeah that's I it. think it sounds right. I think you should go with that.
0: <laughs> so, this is what I've said. Now, keep in mind, I've only listened to it a couple of times, and I've listened to the English version and the Swedish version, because Nuclear Blast um, put that in the portal for us. But my tweet says, I'm about to jump on a call with Frederick, so what can I say? This is the album they've threatened to make for years, and it's brilliant. It'll likely be a choice between this and Tool's album for album of the year. The Swedish version actually sounds better. That's what I've said, or sounds lit, fire. That's what I've said there. I like the way you've done that, by the way, with that one there. But, um, mate, I've got to hand it to you. Congratulations, you've done it. You've actually released the album that I believe... And I'm just a humble musical punter, a journalist, an indie journalist who's practicing to be a, a proper journalist at uni. But I think you've you've made the album that's really going to put you guys into the same space as Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Sabbath, Genesis, Rainbow. There's the big comparison, Rainbow. I think you're the, the nouveau version of Rainbow. Um,
1: wow. You know, that's, what's, you.
0: Mate, that's what I'm hearing. I listened to it and I thought, man, Richie Blackmore should hear this because I know he's got his own thing going on there at the moment but I'd love to hear a collaboration between you guys and him at this point in time you just I I love the way that you've gone from and I love death metal by the way so I'm not shitting on death metal when I say this but you've really you've really progressed you've really grown and every album I think has just got better with you guys um, since about two thousand and one or so, every album has just been a step forward. So now that I've laid all those those compliments on you, what are you, what are your thoughts on the album?
1: I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you very much. Um, that's of course a goal, but what you just mentioned and hmm. hearing you say that it makes me happy because um, the goal with this album was to make it as epic album as possible, hmm. and uh, the fact that Michael wrote the first version in Swedish, and uh, that was actually a driving force yeah. for him to finish off the songs. Basically, and I think it made it more interesting for him or challenging, perhaps, to write the lyrics in Swedish. And um, yeah, we were really, really, really happy with it. And I think we, we really went the extra mile when it comes to re- recording, uh, when it comes to choosing the right tones, amps, mm. guitars, etc. Uh, also, the fact that we did rehearse properly before we entered the studio we hadn't done that since the watershed album okay yep that I- I've always been pushing for that, and this time around we did it, and I think that was a great investment um, because uh, playing the songs together they sink in better in your muscle memory yeah was wasn't really any question marks about anything any part when we're we're in this actual studio, so we spent a lot of time picking the right amps uh, had so many guitars in the studio it was insane because this cool. park studios also owns a lot of vintage instruments and drums and keyboards and etc so it, it was fun you know and uh, we're happy with the result and uh, the feedback so far from journalists has been very good and maybe yours was one of the best
0: thank you <laughs> no that's awesome um,
1: yeah it's it feels like we have something cooking i could tell Like the first song Michael played to me was um, the last track, All Things Will Pass. And I remember when I heard it in the rehearsal room, the demo version, I was down there to put in some solos on some other tracks. Uh, I got the goosebumps and that's always a good sign when you get that.
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, the only problem that I think you're going to have is that this album is so good, you're going to pick up a whole bunch of new fans that are into radio rock and more mainstream things, and I think you're going to cop a little bit from some of, you know, the older fans that got in a bloodbath and those sort of bands that Michael was associated with in the past. But I don't think you should give a shit, to be honest with you, at this point in time. You know, you guys have been doing what you're doing. Now, for 25-odd years, I really love the fact that you've... You've you've experimented and tried all of these different guitars because I can hear that. You know I rate you know I don't know whether you recall from our last conversation, but I've always rated your guitar playing. I think you're an outstanding guitarist, and you're you're, you're one of those guitarists who has Clapton esque tone. And you know what I mean when I say that because that all comes from very precise fingering technique and being able to hold the note at just the right uh, angle, if you like, with your fingers. And that just that's that hints of decades of experience on your part there. But I'll just go back to my, oh. you know, original point is, man, I don't think you should... I No, no, you, you haven't raised the point. I'm raising the point. But I don't think you should care what people think if they, they heap any uh, negativity on the band for progressing as far as you have, man, because you're becoming a band of the people. You're probably, if you don't mind me saying, man, you're probably the most important heavy metal band in the world at the moment. And that's really oh, saying yeah. something,
1: you know? I mean, I think that's important for all, but then also Michael writes the majority of the stuff that uh, he, he doesn't really care, you know? Hmm. He, he is very artistic. He likes his artistic freedom, and so does the band. It's the label can't tell us what to do.
0: Yeah, they
1: have absolutely no input whatsoever when it comes to um, the creative process. Um, and it's important. I think it's always been like that for Opeth. And uh, I mean, if we would do Blackwater Park all over and over again, different mm-hmm. versions, it would be it would stagnate. It would be boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still enjoy playing the that era live. Definitely,
0: hmm.
1: if it's a, it's a, it's the foundation of Opeth, and uh, I don't know well, maybe one of these days Michael will bring up the growls again. Who knows? You know, hmm. uh, because his growl is actually better than ever <laughs> when we play now. It's very gut guttural, so
0: yeah.
1: it's more meaning sounding than in a long is time. Right I think.
0: there, you go. Okay.
1: Yeah, mm. so that's, it's kind of funny. And we still think it's really fun to play those classics uh, live, you know, and we will still continue with that. Mm. So it's also, I think, the mix between the last four albums, including God of Venom, there I pronounced it pretty poorly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the mix blend between this, you can create a really interesting uh, live set. Instead of only doing the, the death metal mm. stuff, it, yeah. Even though the older stuff has a lot of dynamics as well, yeah, uh, they have a I'd And look, that part is still a, kind of with us, but in a different way.
0: Yeah. I think this is such an important album. I think you guys should. This is my opinion. Okay, so take it, leave it. You know, in terms of, in terms of, You know, I'm a fan as well as a journalist here, you know, but I'm, I'm primarily talking to you as a fan here. But I'd re- when you guys come to Australia in December, I'd love to hear this album played in full. So I appreciate the fans want to hear the oldest stuff, but I think remember when Maiden came out in 2006 and played A Matter of Life and Death in full, and they made that Ooh. they made they made that decision because they thought we've got to draw a line in the sand between people wanting to come and hear the same old songs over and over again. And I know you guys cop that too, but with also taking yeah. fans on the journey into the new material, and I think that's probably their strongest album since Seventh Son, actually. But you guys are in a, a vastly different kettle of fish, and that I think you've really stepped up here and. I don't know how you guys have done it uh, as a collective, because it's not just about Michael, it's about all of you guys being able to write together and make making a cohesive album. Because there's too many, like, I'll, I'll bring it up, you know, Megadeth, I think Dave Mustaine's a great riff writer, but I, I haven't been able to listen to that stuff in years because it just doesn't sound cohesive on album. And I know he's the principal songwriter there, but with you guys, even though Michael might be the principal songwriter, I can really hear the input with you guys. So sorry, I'm making a very long point here, but is it possible that you'll play... Uh, in the, the the new album in full when you come
1: to Australia. Well, you're putting ideas into my head now. Uh, I think mm. everybody would kind of like that idea. Well, what we've been talking on right now is at least we play four songs from it. You know, and it's difficult yeah. to pick the ones. Uh, but um, we'll see. We haven't really decided yet. I'll, I'll pass on this idea. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. also, you want to. We what we the other songs we're gonna play is. Definitely going to be songs we did not play last time we were in Australia. Mm. Uh, it, it will be... Right now, we've been pretty much playing the Garden of the Titans uh, kind of set list uh, when we played the summer festivals, and mm. we're going to change that completely. Uh, maybe not Deliverance, we always play Deliverance, but... Um, <clears throat> so we'll see. We're definitely going to try to make as interesting set list as possible, but, I like the idea of playing the entire album. And I didn't know that about Maiden. That's cool.
0: Yeah, they did it. I remember Yannick, talk, Yannick or um, Nico was talking about it. And they said that it was, a, it was a unanimous decision within the band to do it. And I think they, they did it also to keep themselves refreshed. Because, of course, you're always going to have the even younger fans. I don't, I don't even get it. I mean, I remember going and seeing Ozzy oh, years ago now, 2008 or so. But the biggest cheer was for Bloody Paranoid. It's not even his song. <laughs> <I> thought, well, <laughs> it's weird. It was really weird to see people jumping up out of their chairs because I can't stand the song, to be honest with you. Um, it's,
1: it's very mainstream. Like that's, as yeah. you mentioned, these fans that they only they're radio friendly. They yeah, don't, you know, they view. don't listen in depth in the same way. I guess. Yeah. Hey, let's, uh, let's. But have... uh, I think it, I mean that's a cool idea. Maybe that's the reason for us to come back to Australia and do a second run on this album. Well, we could there'd be a demand for do a mix it. now, and if the album really hits off and it, a lot of people enjoy it, maybe we could, could do one of those special gigs or a special tour like that, mm. at least. Who knows? I'm definitely going to bring up this idea, so we'll see what happens.
0: Okay, well, fingers crossed. Yeah, I think I oh, look, uh, you know, I don't say these things unless I, I think that they'll be well received by the fans, that's for sure. And it's uh, like the strength of the album, and not many bands are doing this this year. And I, I, if I thought, that Tool's album was a smash-it-out-of-the-park likelihood uh, of being the album of the year. You guys have come along and put out something, which I think, mate, I think your album is so strong. It's the sort of album that I'm going to be listening to after six months and still finding new things in. You know, it's that type oh. of an album. And 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 a lot of that comes down to the way you were playing guitar too. You know what I mean? So I mentioned the Eric Clapton thing, but you know what I mean by that, don't you? Because I'm a musician and we talked a lot about that last time about the way you phrase chords. Yeah. and when you go into leads and stuff there's a lot of intent there so can you tell me about like you mentioned the um, the last cut on the album All Things Will Pass what guitar did you use on the solos in that one there for example
1: well there's it's not really any solos in that track actually um, okay it's not it's not a guitar solo but we used um, for that track we used the strat okay we wanted to get to catch the kind of rainbow it has a riff so hmm Something like that. I can't, I can't remember it actually right now. <laughs> yep. But um, we wanted to catch a bit of a black more strated type of tone um, in, in that more um, oriental type of uh, riff in the chorus. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it sounds pretty brutal using the single coil sometimes. It's It really cuts through the the, the sound frame, sound picture, I think. Uh, live usually use the the humbuckers, but it's a different scenario. But, um, well, solo wise, I think this one was a bit different for me because some of the solos, I really have to play over the chords instead of mm. playing over in a riff. Yeah. Uh, so I could space out a little bit more like the, for the second track, Dignity, there's a solo there in the beginning. We had, we just played over this. Oh, sorry. No. Minor. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I really, have to I couldn't just go in your comfort zone. Have to play over the chords more. So I just wrote down a chord shot and improvised over it. And that's basically the same solo as I did on the demo. Michael won't keep it. Is that and I right? Just okay. Relearned it. Relearned it basically and pimped it up a little bit.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And
1: also, we, we recorded three more songs that's not on the album, and a couple of really long solos on on those two tracks. That didn't make it on the album hmm. That is also where one of them it's really like playing over chords kind of thing and michael hasn't really given me that opportunity earlier so i feel that was really fun for this album especially in the soul for the ballad uh, love lorn crime
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm trying to be a bit david gilmore-ish on that one
0: definitely yeah i was going to mention that was one of the cuts i was going to bring up actually that that was one of the ones that stood out um yeah, I can I can hear that. You know the David Gilmour thing. Um, yeah, you like a you. You remind me of, uh, you know, you're definitely a heavy metal guitarist, but you, you've got you know, equal parts Alan Holdsworth, Clapton, as I've mentioned uh, there, Gilmour. Uh, you definitely got uh, the whole Zep thing going on there. But you like a composite of hard rock, heavy metal, and prog prog's greatest hits as a guitarist. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, that, thank you. That's a <laughs> huge compliment, actually. That's kind of the goal, to be diverse. And, you know, I'm a metalhead, of course, since the beginning. Mm. And I still play a lot of that stuff. But it, I also appreciate, like, players with great tone. Like, you mentioned Clapton, mm. Jeff Beck, Bill Gibbons, uh, the list goes on and on. I think tone is very important. And um, if you're not a fusion, a jazz player, know all the theory, you can, you can depend on your tone and it makes it easier for you. <laughs> yeah. but Love, Long, Crying was pretty funny when Michael asked me to play that solo. He told me, I want this solo to be the one people will re- remember you for when you die. Oh, wow. Okay, thanks for the pressure, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. uh, did it, you know? I don't know if that happens, but um, it, it came out good, I think. It's a, it's different. i try to make the solos different from each other. Some of the solos on the album, like Heart in Hand, it's more wild, shreddy. And also the ninth track, Continuum, is very like I wanted to just make a very aggressive type of solo. Yeah. yeah. But the bonus track solos is pretty, it's pretty cool actually. It's still really really long ones, and you you hear it somehow I later say, on when yeah. they get put out in some format. I don't know what yet.
0: The what in the hell? Fair enough. here. Yeah. What? So I guess it all leads to the obvious question. Yeah. We've talked about the strength of this album here, but you as a player, I think. At some stage, you're probably going to want to come out of the shadows of being in a band, if you don't mind me saying. So have you got plans for maybe some solo material?
1: I do have a lot of stuff, and it's always been a plan of it, but it's always something popping up. Like Right now, when we were done with the new Opeth album, I got a a call from Biff Byford from Saxon.
0: Wow, yeah, cool.
1: So he wanted me to play guitar on his solo album, and we started writing songs together, so I wrote two tracks, which is more progressive metal type of tracks. Um, and one, I did an arrangement of Scarborough Fair, uh, the folk tone, mm. which Simon Garfunkel is the most famous about it, but it, we, he wanted more of a heavy version of that. It's been done millions of versions of that track, but he's actually from that area, so it has some kind of de- depth, deeper meaning to him. Anyhow, he called me up. So I spent one month in, in the in England, Northern England, Mm-hmm. I recorded uh, I did all the guitars for his solo album
0: oh wow that so, was you wow
1: okay there you go yeah okay when that comes so out I was listen. very involved with that and writing and uh, yeah, yeah almost co-producing a little bit I would say
0: yeah I, I know you got to head off because you've got another interview coming through but yeah will you move into more production sort of roles because I know you do a bit of that so and you mentioned you just did it with bio, did it with Biff there so can you see yourself doing
1: more of that yeah maybe I just got a new studio set up here and um uh, in September, I will try to start recording stuff and see where it goes. I, I don't want to promise anything, but it's always a goal to do some kind of solo album. Hmm. Uh, even Michael told me I should do that. You know.
0: There you go. But um,
1: yep. I also put uh, Martin Man the bass player. You know, but he's putting out the solo album which I put on some solo song for him, actually, which is a more of a death metal album.
0: He's the bassist, right? Isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, is that right? Is that right? So he's got he's playing switching, changing to guitar and. Making more of a death metal album. Yeah, he plays
1: uh, the rhythm guitars on it as well. Okay. Yeah. And me and the guitar player from he used to play with Bloodbath is playing some solos on it. Awesome. Sodomizer.
0: Sodomizer, nice, good metal song that one there. If ever I've heard one, there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it used to be our guitar tech, and and every time Michael had some problem with his guitars, Sodomizer came out and fixing with his belt pack, and he's like telling the crowd, "I have a man digging around my ass called the Sodomizer." <laughs>
0: Yeah, I knew Michael had sharp wit. I remember reading. I didn't get to go to the Opera House shows, mate, because they oh, sold yeah. out within like 30 seconds or something.
1: So, oh. so yeah, that was the only thing. Will you problem. be able to catch any of these upcoming shows now?
0: I, I absolutely want to go to them. It's just The big issue for me is that I've got kids and so much other things going on these days. It's so hard for me to get out oh, at night. I know what you mean. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just I want to, believe me, but uh, I often just have to console myself with listening to the album as opposed to getting to the live show. But yours is one live show that... Um, I want to go and review. Of course, it'll be very favorable regardless, but yeah, definitely, especially because you're playing at the Tivoli in Brisbane. That's a really good venue for you guys. Wonderful ah, venue cool. that suits you guys. So uh, The Triffid's okay, but it's a bit meh, but um, the uh, Tivoli's perfect for what you guys are
1: doing. Ah, excellent. Yeah. yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's always a treat coming to Australia, definitely.
0: Mate, these things are over way too quick, so I look forward to perhaps having a chat to you before the tour to talk up the tour. So congratulations again, man. Can't say enough now. Yeah,
1: about you can definitely plane. do that. It's it's very short when you t- start talking about guitars and stuff. It's it's a lot more we could talk about, definitely.
0: If ever you want to chat so, about those sort of things, you know where I am on Skype, just hit me up and you know I've got a podcast series. However long you want to talk about your guitars and what you're doing with that stuff, just let me know. I'll be happy to have a chat to you. Yeah,
1: just, just pop me a, a text on Skype and if you have any ideas. It's fine.
0: Okay, mate. Yeah, we'll do. No, I'll do that for sure. Yeah. All cool. right, mate. Thanks so much. N- enjoy uh, enjoy the promotion made of this wonderful
1: album and we'll catch up soon. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm very happy you enjoyed the album so much. I'll, I'll tell the rest of the guys as well.
0: Oh thanks so much mate. Appreciate it. Yeah. No worries. All
1: righty. Alright. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye. Catch ya.
0: You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A List online and my name is Andrew Mackay Smith. That interview subject you heard from then was Opeth's guitarist, Frederick Akerson. Thanks so much for listening.